0: Afternoon or welcome to Gary Baldy Red, the Nottingham Forest podcast from Nottinghamshire live. Temps here in the supply teacher role once more with Matt Davis away for his summer break. But he has left me in the company of Forest fan Greg Mitchell and European Cup winner Gary Bertels. Gary, we have to start by uh, paying tribute to uh, Trevor Francis. We all know him as as a player, obviously, but tell us about Trevor Francis, the man.
1: Uh, well, I mean, Trevor's just one of the nicest people you'll ever wish to meet. Uh, not only was a top-class player, um, but he was so humble, he was so quiet. Uh, he could have been really big-headed about, you know, being the first million-pound player, but never was at all. You know, came with the, the big reputation to the club, and straight away the gaffer made him make, make us all a cup of tea. Uh, and he played him in the A-team down at Nottingham University. And uh, we went down and watched the game before we played on the Saturday afternoon. And, uh, you know, as a man, I mean, uh, we all know about, you know, his his lovely wife, Helen, who passed away, sadly, with cancer. Um, and my my wife obviously passed away a couple of years ago with pancreatic cancer. And Trey was on the phone straight away, you know, uh, offering his support, offering his help. And, you know, he knows exactly what I was going through. Uh, and now you know I know what exactly he went through. So, you know that that's the uh, the, the kind of guy he is, and uh, it was so appreciated. It's uh, unbelievable.
0: You mentioned that camaraderie there between the the group. There'll there'll be some uh, some tears shed, no doubt, from from his teammates from 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 that era.
1: Without a doubt, you know you, we we're a tight group. Um, you know we try and get out on a Thursday. The lads are out on a Thursday. Um, yeah. You know, this lunch lunchtime so i'm sure there'll be um, some stories told and they'll be raising a glass to trevor and rightly so uh, I'm I'm down south at the moment um uh, it's, it's my birthday today i'm getting older and older and uh, yeah so i wish i was with the lads a little bit celebrating uh, his life but i'm sure they'll do a, a very very good job uh, without me without a doubt but uh, yeah it was just out of the blue as well such a shock um you know when i got the call and you know we were all hoping it wasn't true the you know the rumors that were circulating mm. but unfortunately you know there were the last time we saw him was at john robertson's 70th um it was great to see him he was really happy he's in good spirits and it's just you know the first one of our you know european cup squad that's sadly passed away
0: Greg, he'll be forever immortalised by that goal in 1979, perhaps the most famous Forest goal of all time, nodding in at the back stick from uh, John Robertson. You and I weren't even born, but it's a, a name that will be forever etched in Forest history.
2: It's uh, oh, it's without doubt the most famous goal uh, in Forest history, and one of the most famous ones in you know that era's history. Not just for Forest. You, you speak. I spoke to my dad before coming on, and I've, I've mentioned it already, but. You know, it's he was out in Munich and that generation, what that team did and what Francis did, you know, only signing a, a couple of months before. And I think that was the first European Cup game he could play in, wasn't it? Uh, so, what, you know, that, that transfer fee was obviously worth every penny straight away with that one goal. But it just seemed he added to such a, an already brilliant team and he was just the cherry on top. So... Yeah, and it just shows with all the tributes as well. I especially was just not with our club, but with so many other clubs. And uh, yeah, just a truly sad day for for Nottingham and, and English football, really.
1: I think the thing is as well, people forget the second European Cup, his impact on that. Yes, he didn't play in the final because they got injured, that horrific injury uh, against Crystal Palace. But the quarterfinal and the semi final. He was instrumental in in getting us through those games. Yeah, it's a team game, but Trevor, you know, really stepped up to the plate, scored the two in uh, Berlin, scored against Ajax and, uh, you know, sadly got injured. So, you know, he was instrumental in in, in a lot of the things in that run going through to that final, although sadly he couldn't play. Do you know, um, oh, sorry, looking at his
2: his sheet of teams he played for and, have I got this wrong that he actually went on loan to Detroit during playing for Forest, like in the preseason? Is that something that many players did? Oh, I can't remember that. Yeah, he play, played for Detroit Express
1: during the 79 yeah. and 80 yeah. summer. Oh, Gary, Mills. Gary Mills went to uh, America as well, didn't he? He played over there. Uh, I'm trying to think who he played for, actually. Oh, you might have a good point there. Mm, yeah, it really surprised me, it's Wikipedia, so I
2: usually choose to believe it. But uh, I, I wasn't sure if Cluffy had uh, like things like that happening.
0: Mm. Action! No Our memories no, will be forever remembered by Forest fans. Um, sad news too, Greg, the passing of of Chris Bart Williams, uh, a player from a very different era, a very different period at the club. But again, he he left his uh, left his mark with. Um, Um, some memorable performances and the the goal against Reading, of course, which
2: got us back in the Premier League. Yeah, that's one of my first memories as well. I remember sitting, well, standing uh, lower Bridgeford on the very front row and I can just remember that full-time whistle uh, with my dad standing on the the white wall that's at the front of Bridgeford and some of the fans going on the pitch. And for a defensive midfielder to to be as effective as he was in that team and for, for a few years as well, I mean, 35 goals from defensive midfield, a top scorer in, in I think, 2000 or 2001. He's just a really quality player who, again, I just hoping it wasn't true at the time, just because of the, the similarities between the two players playing at the same club. So I wondered whether maybe there was a, a mistake or a wrong rumour, but tragically not. And um, again, someone who's been not just remembered by Nottingham, but many, many, many other teams because he was a special player for that era. Uh, just just really it was,
1: sad. He was a really nice lad as well. You know, I I didn't play with him in that era at all, but you know, you I I was around the club at the time, you know, and he was you know, he's a very welcoming sort of player and you know, always spoke and yeah, you, you listen to the tributes from the the lads who played with him in that era and you know, very similar to, you know, the ones we're giving to Trevor.
2: Yeah,
0: thoroughly deserved. Um, great, great fellows and great contributors to our football club. Um, paying our respects there to Chris Port-Williams and Trevor Francis. Let's turn our attention to some of the transfer business that has uh, concluded. Uh, about 30 minutes after we came off air last week, Greg, uh, the Cog started wearing the city ground and the, the players were ushered in for medicals. Anthony Langer and Ola Aina have both landed. Um, your, your thoughts on both of those signings?
2: Well, I said last week not to panic, and you know, it's a very different, very different transfer window to last summer. Uh, the comments weren't too favourable with that, and then 30 minutes later, they pull a couple out of the bag. And uh, yeah, again, like I said last week, not players that I knew really anything about, but they're exciting. You see on paper what they can do. Uh, Cooper clearly wants them, which is always a good sign for me. Uh, and it just seems like the start of a very uh, much slower transfer window but maybe a lot more uh, calculated which uh, I'm quite excited about.
0: Is that what we're seeing, Gary? Are we seeing a more considered um, period of business from Forest in this window confer- compared to the somewhat enforced madness of this time last year?
1: I think possibly so. Um, I think we have to look at the um, what happened at the end of last season. You know, the run we had with the players we've got in that squad at the moment. I mean, yes, yeah. A few of them have left, but the ones who have left didn't really play a major part. Uh, Loddy's the only one, isn't he? I think that's uh, that uh, finishing team has gone. But yeah, it's, it's got to be more considered. It's got to be down to Steve. And, uh, you know, it's. Alanga's the one for me. I'm not. I'm... Anybody who plays for Manchester United, who signs for Manchester United, you know, got to have something about them. You don't go and play for Manchester United if you're not rated very, very highly. Uh, But it's, it's about fulfilling the potential that they see in you. And I think he's still obviously got that to do, but I like his comments about what he said about coming to forest. You know, he feels it's the right club to come to that will suit what he does, you know, within the group of players that we have. And uh, when you, you're hearing those sort of things, that's what you want to hear as a fan. And, uh, you just hope that he can now realise realise the potential that he actually has, you know, because he's he's obviously got that. And I think Steve's the perfect person to bring that out. You know, he's so good with players and, you know, he's so meticulous about what he does with them and they all get on board with what he wants to do. We've seen that from that squad last season. So I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, if he can progress from, you know, being a Manchester United player to come to, to Forest and, being superb for us. Young in years,
0: but very experienced. 55 appearances for Manchester United. He's a 12-cap Swedish international with three international goals. He's played in the Premier League. He's played in the Champions League. Greg, he seems very much a player for now and one for the future.
2: Yeah, and he's one that can play in a few positions, which is key for us, you know, with what happened last year with injuries. Uh, and again, it's, it's market value, isn't it? It's talking about financial fair play, which we're all... Absolute experts, in, it seems this day, but it's that future sale that you'd be looking forward to help you progress even further. And he's someone, he's in that Gibbs White category that, or you know, Johnson Gibbs White category, where with their youth on their side and their potential not reaching the peak yet, it should be a very coy signing and one that I think other clubs were looking at him as well and probably surprised we got it done so quickly.
0: The other confirmed signing is Ola Aina. Uh, attacking fullback with a, a long throw. It would be a bit unfair to say he's been under the radar. He's played in Serie A. He was in the Chelsea youth ranks. He was in the Hull side on loan that beat Forrest twice in a particular season. Played some games for, for Fulham as well. Um, Gary, do you know much about him and what do you hope he can add to the, the mix uh, across the defensive line?
1: I don't know a great deal about him, but I know about our attacking fullbacks and how important they've been to us over the past few seasons. And, you know, it's, it's something that has worked for us. The creation on both flanks, especially the right-hand side, you know, has been absolutely superb. And why stop trying to do something that gets you so many good results? So it's about, it's it's always about the Premier League. Adapting to the Premier League is one of the hardest things in, in football. Not because, you know, it's it, people will say, well, it's hard to adapt to, you know, Serie A and, you know, the, the La Liga. But it's more difficult in England because of the frenetic nature of, you know, the Premier League, the number of games you have to play. So that's, you know, that's the one thing that anybody who comes to play in the Premier League have got to handle. They've got to get, you know, on board very quickly. The fitness levels, you know, have got to be very, very high. And you, you, you know that the preparation at Forest is going to be spot on. So, again, another one, you know, it, you look forward to seeing them play and seeing what they offer. Uh, I mean, it's it's like Danilo, uh, when he came, all of a sudden, how well did he adjust to the Premier League once he got his chance? You know, that's what you have to try and do. You know, if you can take a lead from somebody like him and watch how he did it and even ask the questions of, well, how difficult is this? And, you know, it's that you have to ask these questions sometimes and players can give you a really good insight in what, what it takes, what you have to do. And, you know, Forrest have got players like that within the squad. So, you know, learn from people who've come and done it before.
0: Time for our weekly check-in on the Dean Henderson saga. Um, the the jungle drums seem to suggest that Forrest will get their man uh, on loan initially with an obligation to buy. And, and, Gary, on the
1: sharing of last season, that'd be very astute business. Yeah, I think without a doubt. Uh, now Navis has gone. Um, yeah, I think we'd, we'd need that that class keeper and he proved that and Brian Clough always you know did things like that the spine of the team we've spoke about it before goalkeeper centre half centre midfield striker and I think to get your your goalkeeper and your striker for me are the two big ones and uh, if you can do that you've got half a chance um, we've still got you know a one year the, the how he finished last season he's only going to grow in confidence coming into this season so uh, yeah, I, I think that spine of the team is always so vitally important. Then you you can build around that, and that's what you know. We Steve Cooper did last season, especially that running at the end. It was uh, it was a, a great spectacle to watch.
0: Keep your comments coming in on Facebook and YouTube. Daniel Bird asks, what do you think is the Twitter rumor that Alexis Sanchez has signed? We're not giving that too much credibility, I don't think, given the the, the source on that one at at this stage. Greg, have Forrest learned their lesson in that space? Could could that kind of signing be an expensive uh, mistake following what we saw from Jesse Lingard last time around?
2: I expect them to do the one, one, uh, you know, big stellar signing this summer. You just think that that's, that's kind of what our owner might like to do, you know, have that big name signing in the light. So I would not be surprised to see a player like Sanchez, you know, that, coming to the end of a very very successful career but still got a lot left in the bank in the tank (laughs) and the bank will have a bit more if he signs for us Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised Um, I think that journalist that says we've signed him kind of reputable but you know it's only one journalist isn't it you need a few of them until things start moving Uh, so we'll see but I would not be surprised at all.
0: One far more creditable transfer rumour is Ismail Jacobs, the Monaco left-back, who again fits in that attacking mould that um, Gary described there, with a likely bang coming for Toffolo and Lodi long since
1: departed. You can understand, Gary, why left-back would be a priority. Yeah, in the Premier League more so than any other league, you've got to get players in the right positions. We've seen that. And you've you've got to build on what we did last season. You know, you can't be... You know, complacent, and there's no way Steve will want that to, to happen with anybody within the squad. No matter how long you've been there, are the ones coming in, and uh, the way we play, you want to replace the people who've gone, and uh, you know, have that in in you know in safety and numbers sort of thing. But you have to, you're going to have to have to get a few more signings, obviously, because of the people who have gone already. You know, we've lost a number of players. Sam Surridge has just gone. Um, you know Shelby's gone hasn't he I think he has he gone now not yet no not yet I thought he he was one who was uh, departing but yeah there are going to be quite a few people leaving the club as we know as happens at every club and the replacements are vitally important and you you, like I say after last season's you know heroics and staying up you know you have to build on that no matter how minute it is you know the building bricks you know you have to do that because you'll stagnate otherwise and There's no way Steve will want that to happen. Greg, Ismail
0: Jacobs is German-born, played for them to 21s, but represents Senegal in international football. Can you see Forrest um, struggling during the uh, African Cup of Nations window if we are to to continue to amass uh, more African players in the ranks?
2: Yeah, I think there's a couple of things with that that it's only really going to affect us if some of these teams go further into the competition because there is a bit of a winter break this winter, isn't there? So, um, I'm sure it's going to affect us, but with the amount of top top African players in the premier league at the minute, it's going to affect pretty much every team. Uh, so I'd much rather sign not even thinking about that because I mean, the chances are, it might be one game. It might be two games, but we'll have 30, 40 games of a, a top quality player. So I wouldn't be thinking too much.
0: Let's talk about Ibrahim Sangare. So He's the one that Forrest would have to, to break the bank to secure. A £32 million release clause for the central defensive midfielder. Can Forrest get to that level, Gary? We'll talk about Brennan Johnson a little bit later on. Or do they need to work down their, their list of targets? Uh, other names mentioned for that role, including Tyler Adams at Leeds, uh, Wolford Ndidi at, at Leicester? Would you like to see Forrest secure another holding midfield uh, uh, midfielder? Uh, and if so...
1: Should we be looking to splash thirty million quid on a single player? Ooh, that's a that's a sixty-four million dollar question in itself, isn't it? Um, defensive midf- midfield players, as we've seen, are so important in, to, in the modern game. Um, but I think you know, the back end of last season, we saw you know how impressive we were. You know, not really with massive defensive midfield. You know, within the the, the team at that particular point. You know, Froyler was left out towards the end. Um, you know, Mangala came, you know, is in there. And we look very, very threatening, to be fair. I mean, we we conceded those against Southampton, but won the game. Um, yeah, I did, it's a difficult one to say. I mean, the, the, the purse strings are going to have to be very closely watched. And um, it'd be interesting to see what Steve targets as the most important positions he needs to strengthen uh i i as an ex-striker I, I always say you need somebody else up there you know if it one you gets injured again uh then you know it could be a struggle you know then pressure if brennan stays you know goes back onto him a little bit i thought he handled that really well last season so yeah it's it's going to be a very very important what few weeks now because we're not that far off and uh you know there might be last minute signings you always have a list i think as a manager your a list your b list and hopefully not a c list of players you, you know you want to come in so you know it's it's gone over with a fine tooth comb and you know no stone is left unturned and i'm sure you know they've got the ones they want in their mind right up there high on the list and just be very interesting to see how it goes and who we bring in now Greg,
0: same question to you. Break the bank for Sangare or be a bit more considered with Adams or Ndidi?
2: Um, it depends. I mean, someone in the comments just said about, you know, would you rather sign him or, or if it means losing the likes of Brennan Johnson? And, and that's kind of what worries me, that if we break the bank and then get like uh, Gareth says Sanchez as well, it's weighing it up for me. I, I'd always have a loyalty to to Brennan Johnson and wanting to keep him. And you do get the feeling that if we're going to break the bank, something may well have to give. Um, You hope not this season. You hope it might have to be next season. So uh, it's a real flip of a coin for me. I just, I wouldn't like to see Brennan Johnson go under any circumstance this summer.
1: I don't think he can go. I, I think he's still got a lot to learn. And I think the learning curve could be at Forest. Why go somewhere else when you know exactly how good you are at that particular football club I mean last season he was different class for me you know it's in some quarters he got a little bit stick which surprised me he's a young lad he was learning he learned very quickly and you know again it's progression and I think the progression has to be with Nottingham Forest unless you know they financially they have to sell him for you know the reasons we've all spoke about the fair play thing and you know get that into order but I I would never sacrifice him for you know a defensive midfield player you know that sort of money I just think he's vital to what we do Um, he takes the pressure off a little bit of a one year and vice versa but when you're that one player who's expected to do it all which he was for quite a while and you know he did it with great aplomb for me um, I, I think you've got to hang on to him without a doubt
0: Forrest um, clearly do have an FFP challenge. We've seen the structuring of the, uh, the Dean Henderson conversation. There's a very well briefed article in The Telegraph which John Percy wrote suggesting that the asking price for Brennan Johnson is, is £50 million. Pounds. Can Forrest resist an offer of that level? For better or for worse, we've, we've had to be a, a selling club in, in recent times. You've got this incredibly saleable um, asset. Does he have a price? Is it 50 million? And Greg, have we seen that coded through that um, article in the Telegraph? Is is that the number at which Forrest will be forced to deal?
2: Every single player for every single club has a price. You know, you look at the craziness that's going on with Mbappe at the minute for, for a one year left of his contract. But for me, it, it, we don't have to sell him. You know, we're just not in the position at this, at this moment in time, one year into our Premier League run that, we don't sell the the player that's arguably one of the most influential so um yeah we shouldn't have to sell him i'm sure we don't have to sell him weighing up for the people that know a lot more than we do is what you can do with the money if we do sell him but you know the the talk is that it wouldn't really matter with financial fair play this year it's all about next summer so you you'd hope if the you know if he has a, another successful year for us after going through every single ranking the youth set up, being so influential for us, proving himself out on loan at clubs when we, we weren't ready to use him and then, you know, bringing him back and doing what he did for us. Um, I think we deserve another year out of him. I hope his advisors and, you know, his management team are, are saying that he could develop even further with us. And then next summer, I don't think anyone would begrudge him if he's getting the 50-60 you know, £70 million move to a top six side. Because to be honest, you hear here in Brentford and, you know, West Ham or what have you. Villa have got their man now. It's not exactly, you know, the big jump, is it? It's, <laughs> it's not exactly Collymore to Liverpool or anything like that. That's that's what you'd be expecting Brennan Johnson to go for. And I, I just think it'd be a mistake for him to, to just leave for a, an average Premier League side. I think and hope
0: that's what Steve Cooper will be telling Brennan Johnson now. You're a player of immense potential. Um, you've got great numbers at every level you've you've played at. But why jump to Brentford now when in a year's time there might be an opportunity to play for a side who are perhaps um, competing more regularly in, in, in European competition? Would that change the conversation for you, Gary, if this was a Spurs and Arsenal? Spurs probably the bad example there. If this was no. an Arsenal, a Man United, a Newcastle in in a year's time.
1: At, at that point, would you be supportive of him fulfilling that potential? No, so I'm got a problem. Everybody in football or whatever job they do want to achieve the highest possible, you know, a, apex they can in any any you know any job they do. You know, uh, a film star wants to go and you know make a you know a hundred million dollar movie or whatever. Footballers want to play for England or their their respective countries. You know, everybody wants to reach the highest point they possibly can in their given, you know, profession. And, you know, football is one of those. And you couldn't blame anybody for doing that. But I just think Brennan has got another year where he can learn so much because he's in the Welsh squad as well. Let's not forget that. And when he's come on, we've seen the, you know, the he showed, you know, international level. I just think at least one more year with us would be, Massively beneficial for him because he knows exactly what's expected of him. He could go somewhere else and be sat on his backside if he goes to you know a bigger team. I think he's worth more than fifty million to be quite honest. You know when you look at the uh, what's going on around the transfer market, he is potential plus. You know he's he's pace, he finishes well, he's learning to you know get his head up when in the final third and pick people out. And it, that all-round game is worth a lot, a lot more than they're saying he's worth for me. But I still think one more year, at least with us, uh, would be so beneficial for him. And, you know, you can learn so much for you. are never too old to learn. I always found that when I played. I mean, I went to Manchester United, remember, a sim, you know, similar sort of age. I'm trying to think what age I was. In 1980, I went there. And it's, it, it seemed the right move, but it probably wasn't at that particular point. You know, I thought I was just going to go and achieve, you know, again at Manchester United, what I would achieved at Forest, be successful. Didn't quite happen. And that can happen. You can have that downward trend a little bit. And, you know, players have found that in the past. We've seen that with the uh, players. You know, don't go and do it too quickly. Just, you know, bide your time. He's still a young man. You know, he's got a lot of football left in him. His pace isn't going to diminish for, you know, years to come yet. And he's just getting brighter. He's getting more intelligent, to, you know, in the right areas. And he's learning the game very quickly, which you have to at the Premier League. So, you know, just stay there. I hope his dad tells him exactly the same because he is he is definitely one for the few. I I, I look forward to seeing him in a whale shirt, you know, on a regular basis because I think he deserves that because of what he's achieved in the game so far. You know, he's only been in it, you know, for what a couple of seasons that, you know, the high level and you you have to just admire the way he's learning his trade as Brian Clough used to say that's what you have to do and he's doing that really really well
0: Uh, another player we should thank for their services Sam Surridge he's joined Nashville in MLS Greg he he did more than he ever promised to do during his time at Forest Benchwarmer last year but so important in that promotion campaign
2: yeah, and it was nice to see Forrest like, give him such a heartfelt send-off as well. I think he, he's really appreciated what he'd done for us. A very short spell and not much game time last year, but he was one of those players last year that as soon as he was called upon, he was ready to go. Uh, clearly invested and involved on the side of the pitch, just like some of the others that weren't getting their chance, and really helped towards that big squad mentality that, um, that we did so well off, really. And then... Um, I'm surprised he's gone to America. It does seem like an exciting move for him though. You know, it's a, a He's going for the
1: music. He's not going for the football. He's going for the music.
2: <laughs> oh, good on him there. <laughs> but um yeah, lovely shirt as well, really like that. But uh, no, good luck to him. And he's still young, so he could be, you know, they have these MLS All Stars and he could easily be one of the top players and he's gonna be playing against the likes of Messi and stuff. So uh, yeah, good luck to him. I, I really and I'm going to look forward to seeing where he goes now, how he gets on.
1: I just love Sam Surridge for you know the way he went about things uh, when he came on and when he played. He was so honest. Uh, you ran in the channels. You know he was always available. You know he'd win the ball in the air. He, he scored some fabulous goals. He was a great finisher. You know when you consider some of the goals that we saw him score. You know I'm, I'm really sad to see him go because he was a, a genuinely nice lad as well. You know he, he always had a you know word when he when he saw you and he just gave so much to that squad and uh, at that age, I'm, I'm like you so surprised he's gone over there. Um, but if you're playing against Lionel Messi, who started uh, quite well, I believe over there, he's uh, a couple of goals assist and, you know, things have started to go well for David Beckham's club. Um, but yeah, it, I think he's got more to offer than going to America, but you know, it's, it's always an individual, individual's decision. And, uh, I hope he benefits from it. I hope he learns from it. Uh, I'd love to see him come back into this country and, uh, you know, play over here again. Gary, first are a few more
0: to ease out. The likes of Emmanuel Dennis, John Joe Shelby, Steve Cook, Harry Arter. Are there any more that you'd add to that list of of players that that now need to move on?
1: Uh, It's always a difficult one to say which ones you you want to release. Um, I mean, Freuler, will he stay if he's not going to be playing in the team? Swiss international um, has he got a place a, a part to play still we don't know with what happened at the end of last season um, I think you've got to retain you know a lot of that squad because uh, it's uh, we saw how important it was to have numbers people gave us a lot of stick for signing a lot of players but the number of injuries we got you know towards the mid part and towards the end of the season with people coming in and doing jobs uh, it just shows you how important it is to have that you know more expansive squad because if you don't uh, you're relying on a smaller number and if you know that smaller number few of those get injured you're in trouble um so you know the balance has got to be got right uh, the the bill wage bill has got to be right and uh look i mean steve cooper knows inside out what it takes to run a football club as a manager and what you know who he wants to stay who he doesn't and that's the hardest job for a manager getting rid of players you know, you're saying, well, I'm sorry, you, you you don't fit into my plans. And he'll know that. He's 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 very good at what he does. He's a very good man-manager. And, you know, you have to accept that as a player. However hard it is, you you know, you don't want really to leave a club or whatever. If it's your time, it's your time. You know, if it isn't and the manager gets it wrong, well, then you prove him wrong. But, uh, yeah, it's it's never easy getting that balance right. But I think everybody at the club, he's, he's got great backroom staff. He's got great people behind the scenes um, who, you know, are a help on a daily basis. So I, it's not just about him. And, you know, there's a lot of people who are involved in the football club, any football club, who do a magnificent job behind the scenes. And that's that's exactly what's happening at Forest at the moment for me. You know, they've got the right people in the right places. And, you know, the, it's about progression. And that's what they keep trying to do. You know, they, they want to keep in that Premier League. They want to improve and I'm sure they can. Greg, some to
0: ease out permanently, others that require the incubation of uh, further game time on loan. Is is Brandon Aguilera the best example of that, of a player that now needs to go out and get some game time but could ultimately live with this level when, when he does reach maturity?
2: Yeah, it's going to be interesting tonight, isn't it, to see if he plays over at Burton against Leeds because um, he has been a player that's had a little bit more game time. Maybe it's just due to the situation and not having a... A star player's back yet, but he's a name that keeps popping up now. uh Alex Maiten's had some game time. I imagine the time has come now whether he gets a long-term loan or or looks elsewhere because just where we are now, he's not going to uh not going to get much game time. But yeah, there's there's plenty of there's plenty of players that you want to see move on now for for to better their career, but also if it is in the loan market to help them progress with us because we've seen it plenty of times out of the loan market. Um,
1: Really does benefit us in the recent years. I think the one who's gone a bit quiet on us is is Scarpa. Really, mm. you know, um, I, I, when I, he first came, I saw him in Valencia, and he looked a player. You know, he, even that that one game he played over there. But you know, we all thought he was going to be the one to come through rather than Danilo. And you know, it's been the other way around. But I still think he's got you know something to offer the club. And uh, I don't know where 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 he is in terms of. Fitness or pecking order, but he certainly looks, you know, as if he got a huge potential.
0: What do we need to see in this friendly tonight? Obviously, no love lost at time between at times between Forest and Leeds. Will this be more of a competitive friendly, Greg? Or, or are we going to get somewhere nearer to uh, an eleven that could compete at Premier League level? Or are you expecting plenty of rotation?
2: Uh, there'll be plenty of rotation, but this is the first, I think, proper test of the start of the you know, a couple of weeks before the start of the season now, any three pre-season games left, we're going to really have to start seeing our shape and the fitness will be a little bit better again tonight. But also Leeds, uh, they're not going to be, uh, well, they're going to be a tough challenge, aren't they? Because they're still a Premier League outfit that finished very close to us. So it should be a, an even match. And I'm sure they've got a right be in the bonnet to to beat us and show us that you know maybe it shouldn't have been there <laughs> but uh it'll be an interesting one tonight and like i always say with friends it's just about not picking up injuries uh
0: before we get some final thoughts from our two guests i should wish gary a very happy birthday any birthday plans mr Bertles?
1: yeah just a little bit of tapas later but uh when you you start getting to my age you you know you you care less about birthdays uh I've had some lovely messages from, you know, a lot of people today, which has been really nice. So, uh, yeah, just get on with your life. And, you know, you just okay. – I, I just think of, you know, what's happened to Trevor and, uh, you know, it's you just think, well, there are for the grace of God and you've just got to go out and enjoy your life and, you know, just uh, hope that you, you carry on and, uh, you know, you just keep watching Forrest and keep watching the progress there. It's it, That's what it's all about. I'm still 28 in my head, you know, that'll never change, you know, and uh I don't apologize for that. I'll still keep wearing these shirts I wear even though the stick I, yeah, Steve Cooper gives me some right stick and Alan Tate yeah. so but uh, you, you take it on board. It's just a good crack and uh, yeah, just enjoy life. That's all you can do today's shirt for those of us watching on
0: youtube is an absolute beauty it's almost clashing with his wallpaper <laughs> um, but yeah one of ted baker's finest there no doubt greg how old do you feel in your head and what are your final thoughts for the day
2: uh my final thoughts of the day oh, god i've just woke up off night so i'm feeling very old and groggy but um my final thoughts i'm thinking about how you know we talk about brennan johnson and how this time last year, he'd never really played with the lights of Gibbs White. He'd probably never even heard of Danilo. And how much stronger we're going to be having a, a pre-season together with a, a squad that's settled. It's going to be such a different start to the season for me. So I'm really excited about that. And I love all the little videos Forrester putting out as well, really showing the camaraderie and... Uh, You get to think that all footballers are good golfers, and I think after watching Nico Williams' uh, golf swing, that's a bit of a myth, unfortunately. But it's great that they're putting out all this stuff and just showing the togetherness of the team.
1: Can I just say something about pre-season games? The the sole thing about pre-season for a player is fitness. Getting your fitness levels up to what's required for that first game of the season. Always has been, always will be. You know, results, uh, for me doesn't matter it's about getting that game time getting your body accustomed to what's going to happen to it and could I just say something else have we done the podcast at this time because of the the ashes (laughs) (laughs) during the lunch (laughs) break it's lunch at the moment so I I thought there was a mysterious thing going on behind uh, why we did it at this time I'm sure because you're involved that it might be that well, as you should know, Gary. Rather than watching England
0: v Australia, I'm at Trent Bridge watching Nottinghamshire versus I'm Kent.
1: Point four down, is it? They were when the last time I saw Kent.
0: Exactly, exactly right. Lots of work to be done and a few grey clouds over Nottingham. Fellas, thank you so much um, for for joining us, and particularly for your your tribute to to Trevor at the top of the program. Um, those of you that's joined us late, please do go back and, uh, and rewatch on uh, YouTube and Facebook and all of your podcast platforms. Matt Davis, we're we'll back next week, and hope you can join us too.